I'm Kate Hills and I'm on a one-woman mission to save UK manufacturing. In 2008, I gave up my 20-year career as a fashion buyer because I was disillusioned with how much product was being sourced overseas and I set out to uncover some of the amazing businesses that were still making in Britain. Since founding Make It British, I've discovered that there is not only still tons of manufacturing taking place in the UK, but that it's a thriving industry. I invite you to join me each week when I'll be telling the stories behind some of the best British-made brands and manufacturers and offering advice to those that want to make in the UK. So with no further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Make It British podcast. This is the fourth episode in my series of five podcasts that accompany our Get Set for Manufacturing Challenge. So, so far this week, we have discussed how to define what you want to make and why manufacturers might not be getting back to your emails. That was on day one, episode 16. Then on day two, episode 17, we talked about materials and what the difference was between a full service and a CMT manufacturer. On day three, episode 18, I covered prices and in particular, how to set your target cost price. So today I'm going to fit one more piece into the puzzle and that's minimum order quantities or MOQs as they're often affectionately known. So what is a minimum order quantity? Well, as its name suggests, it's the lowest amount that a manufacturer is able to make of a certain product. But depending on the product, this might this MOQ might be split across several colours, for instance. So say you're ordering a thousand pieces as your MOQ, you may be able to split that across four colours and order 250 of each. Or it may occasionally be split across a collection of different products, provided that the total order quantity is of a total order value that the manufacturer wants to achieve. So why does a manufacturer have a minimum order quantity? They're not setting MOQs just to be difficult um, and to keep small businesses out, despite what it might feel like sometimes. But instead, the manufacturer, they generally set the MOQs based on how many of a production run they need to make in order for it to be viable for them. So, for instance, they're going to take into account how long it takes them to set up the machines or how long it takes for their machinists to get proficient and therefore quicker at making something. So also in the case of something where there's a mould, for instance, that has to be developed, the minimums will take into account the cost of developing that mould, which obviously gets more cost effective the more units you make from it. Larger orders generally lead to better efficiencies in factories, which is what the manufacturer is aiming for. Obviously, if you're a small business, you're not going to want to order thousands of every product or style. So what are some of the ways that you can overcome high MOQs? Well, my number one here is always to negotiate, but within reason. So if a manufacturer tells you that their MOQ is 2000 pieces, it's very unlikely that they're going to drop down to 100 for you. But in my experience, there's always a little bit of wriggle room, especially if you can build up a good relationship with the manufacturer. 
So that means going to visit them and having a face-to-face conversation. And I know I keep saying that. I've said that over and over again. Go and visit them. They're only in the UK. But also demonstrating that you have got that you offer good potential future business to them. And by that, I mean that you're able to offer commitment that is based on cold, hard facts rather than pie in the sky dreams. You know, we've all seen it on Dragon's Den, haven't we? The business owner, they tell the dragons that his sales targets are going to 10x over the next year and that he's going to be selling millions of these widgets or or whatever. And the dragons just laugh them out of the room. They laugh the, the business owner out of the room because once they've grilled him, he then confesses he's got no written orders from buyers. He's got no market plan. He's not even got a website. And so what he's saying, the fact that he's telling them he's going to be making millions is just not, doesn't sound realistic. So be realistic. What a manufacturer is going to want to see from you is a com- is a firm commitment that gives him the confidence in you that he needs. So that may mean doing something like paying up front for your first order or showing him that you've got a written order from buyers so that you're truly committed and you're going to be able to pay him. Worth listening back to the podcast I did with Katia Wildman. It's number 10 um, because I also interviewed her manufacturer at the same time. and, And he said that one of the reasons that he liked working with Katia was that she paid on time. Cash flow is everything to a manufacturer. They've got staff to pay. So showing commitment that you're going to be able to pay can sometimes get you a lower minimum order quantity. One of the other ways to overcome a high MOQ is to use a pattern or style that the manufacturer has already made before. So they've become efficient at making it and it's a, it's a common style and all of the machinists or what have you know how to do it. So say it was a polo shirt in a pretty standard colour, like a white. Opting for that and using the patterns that already exist is going to be much easier for the manufacturer than if they, you want that polo shirt, but you want them to change the sleeve and the collar shape and make lots of changes from it because they've got to start all over again. So think about what you can do for the manufacturer to make it easy for them to make it more enticing for them to consider lowering that MOQ for you. Sometimes a high MOQ is also due to the fact that the manufacturer is having to purchase the materials and they're having to buy those materials in bulk. So if that's the case, then possibly you're looking to use a different material that has lower minimums. That that could work out for you. One thing that you will often find is that a manufacturer is willing to lower his MOQs if you pay a higher price per unit. So many will work on a sliding scale based on how many they make for you. So if that's a possibility, you may pay a slightly higher price when your order quantities are small, but as they increase, you've got room to negotiate and and lower that price again. So that is always a possibility. The plus side of making in the UK is that often, but not always, the MOQs are lower than overseas though. And there are manufacturers both large and small in the UK, so there's something for everyone. Just make sure that you've done all of your research before you start. So that's it for today. I hope you found that useful. If you didn't hear the podcast from the last three days, do go back and have a listen to them as I've covered lots of details related to developing a product in the UK. I'm going to be back tomorrow when I'm going to be recapping on everything we've discussed this week and also talking about how you put it all together. Ready to take that first big step towards finding and working with a UK manufacturer. And don't forget, there is still time to sign up for this week's challenge, which I've been talking about, our Get Set for Manufacturing Challenge. Even if you are 
listening to this podcast in the past, just go to www.makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash get set and you can join in for free. And if you'd like to find a full transcript of this podcast, along with the show notes and any other details that I have mentioned, go to makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash 018. I'll see you tomorrow for the last day of our Get Set for Manufacturing Challenge week. Bye. If you're interested in discovering UK manufacturers from the fashion, textiles and homeware sectors, you should definitely come to our trade show, Make It British Live. The next event is taking place on the 29th and 30th of May 2019 at the Business Design Centre in London. With over 200 exhibitors, inspiring talks just like the ones you've been listening to on this podcast and interactive workshops, it's the perfect place to network with others that want to see UK manufacturing thrive again. Registration is now open. Just go to makeitbritishlive.com forward slash register to register for a free ticket. If you're a British-made manufacturer or brand and want to find out how your business can benefit from being involved in the show, just visit makeitbritishlive.com forward slash exhibit, fill out a short questionnaire and one of my team will get straight back to you. To reach out to me personally, the best place to do this is via LinkedIn. Just look up Kate Hills and you'll find me. You'll also find me on Twitter at Make It British and Instagram at Make It British too. For all show notes for these podcasts, just go to makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash podcast and you'll find all the details. And make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing in iTunes, Stitcher or whichever is your preferred podcast app. And I really would love it if you left me a little review on iTunes. The more reviews this podcast receives, the more people will discover it and the more we can spread the word about making in the UK. Thanks once again for listening to the Make It British podcast. Bye.